0: You're listening to Hot Luck. Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I missed you all. I hope you're doing well. This is my second episode of 2021, and it's really good to be on the mic again. I am very excited for this conversation because this is something that was birthed last year, um, really during a crazy moment in time. So this is a very full circle moment for me, and I'm so grateful to my guest because she agreed to be on it and to share her thoughts and feelings, which in this day and age of internet and trolls and awfulness and awesomeness and all of it wrapped up in one, it can be kind of scary to put your thoughts out there. So I'm just very grateful for this because my guest this week is an amazing human being. She's taught me a lot about a lot, which you'll hear about. Um, this week's episode is my friend Sarah Coy, and Sarah is a professional makeup artist who works um, from film to theater, everything in between. Uh, she has really adventurous looks; like she does a lot of character work, and but she has also, you know, just gorgeous everyday glam that makes everyone look as incredible as like her bold character looks. It's just incredible. She's such an amazing artist, but beyond, you know, her professional career, which I, I'm obsessed with makeup personally, um, just as a person, like I've known Sarah actually since high school and gotten to know her really as a person, after graduating, in our adult life. And thank you, you know, social media for keeping us connected. And we had some really interesting conversations last year because of the Black Lives Matter movement. Prior to that, we'd we'd had multiple conversations about diversity because she knows the work that I've done in collaboration, you know, being a voice and an advocate for diversity and inclusion in the Hollywood and media space, and her working in the space too as a makeup artist and being a white woman and being... Um, Somebody who's just been around a lot of different faces, a lot of different kinds of characters and understanding the politics and the culture of it. Um, We've had a lot of interesting conversations, but a lot came to head where we dove into some deeper things because of what was happening um, last spring and summer uh, in Black Lives Matter. I had some truly eye-opening conversations, got to know more of her background with her family, um, having both of us grown up in Pleasanton, California, and having a lot of preconceived notions about even her and her about me broken down. And so I really wanted to capture that on air because I think it's something that hopefully is happening more frequently in private spaces, but I haven't heard a ton of in public, Um and it's very I mean, these are really, really personal. This is us kind of dismantling all of our internal programming programming and um hopefully taking some level of responsibility for like how problematic certain things and beliefs and actions and behaviors we had from a long time ago. So yeah, I just I had asked Sarah um at the time and it just didn't end up working out last year. But I'm so glad now with everything that's happened, you know, in the United States and in politics in our in our Society, you know, in our culture and our norms, and the conversation that's happening abroad too, like on a global level of how much we are interconnected and influencing each other and noticing these really broader systemic problems that exist worldwide. I don't know. I, I don't want to make like a mountain out of a molehill, but it meant it was something really important and meaningful to me to have Sarah here and for us to talk about privilege and for us to talk about even just honestly our former selves to be really truthful about it and, I don't know, even forgive a lot of things. There's a lot. Um, but yeah, that's my intro to this just because it, it really means a lot to me to have this kind of conversation on my podcast because it's something that I want to have some some level of courage in approaching. And I just hope that you all enjoy this and hope that it plants some seeds. I hope that you'll have grace and... Um, you know, an open mind because both she and I are learning and I I can attest to the fact that we had both of our own levels of like, okay, what are we opening ourselves up to in terms of criticism and being judged or whatever, right? So I have a lot of love and faith in my first of all audience. Um, and I'm very, I'm very confident that everyone will, stay open-minded and and gracious, but it's just a reminder because I'm learning how to ask for what I want. And what I'm asking for is an open-minded grace. Um, And hopefully we keep on learning and being better because that's literally the point of this conversation is just being a better person in every tiny and big way we can be. So that's my intro. I hope you enjoy it. It's a bit of a longer one, which is counterintuitive to what I said I was going to do. Also, please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying, first of all. Um, I don't usually ask this early on in the episode. I usually tack it on to the end, and by then you might be gone. So I'm asking, if you're enjoying that, please do um, subscribe and leave a five-star review if you've enjoyed it. It really does help me and the channel grow, and yeah, that's 2021, baby. We're going to ask for what we need. And also, if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, feel free to do that too. So without further ado, here is Becoming a Better Person with Sarah Coy. Enjoy. Came in '88 with a dream, also so bright-eyed. bright-eyed. They knew right away, sick of
1: swim. There's no lifelines. Life Cutting their teeth on the move.
0: Eight-five. Nobody's filling these shoes. Two. How how have you been doing, my dear Sarah? How have you been surviving the apocalypse?
1: Well, uh, you know, it's it's been fun. I'm basically just sheltering in place in my apartment right now
0: in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco yeah. Mm-hmm
1: trying to sit out at least this last month of work because I just felt like it was, it was really risky,
0: Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So yeah. How about you? Um, I professionally like work-wise I, I'm so freaking lucky I got to be working a lot because of voice work and I'd been like, apparently unintentionally preparing for an apocalypse by being able to work from home um so that that part but it's just kind of the general mental drain you know that's been like what's going to happen today what's going to happen tomorrow oh my know. god are you
1: are you watching um the and i feel like this is going to be so dated by the time this goes out so i apologize if it's you fine. Want me to not talk about it for your edit then <laughs> you're fine but- I have been loving and kind of hate watching and loving um, TikTok this morning and watching all the Wall Street nonsense go down on TikTok. It has been, I've just basically been like watching it all morning in real time unfolding.
0: It is insane. I actually heard about it. So this, yeah, it really might be over by the time this goes live, um, which is a few days from now. But like, it I don't understand that. I still don't understand the stock market. It's like, huh? Same. But I'm getting a general gist of it. And I do have a lot of people in my life who are like deeply entrenched in it and like following it and have money in it and all of that. So it is like this weird sideshow that I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, there are many things that I don't understand, right? And it, it's very embarrassing for me to say. And the, if anything, like hosting a podcast has kind of made me more aware of what I don't know. And just generally getting older i'm just aware like there's a lot i don't know um which is humbling and really good in a way because it ground it grounds a person it grounded me but it's also very scary i'm just like i don't know how these very large mechanisms work and there's something very scary about that
1: it's crazy to think that And I don't know if I was just an idiot running through life, like genuinely just Pollyanna, not realizing that there are like every system in every way is rigged somehow. And it's Mm -hmm. like crazy to me that you could be a small business owner and you can't operate at a loss for two years as a small business owner. You'd go under and -hmm. you don't get to write off your losses in the same way. But if you're like a massive corporation, you get to you get to be able to do some of that. And just like the the like the levers and everything that are being pulled behind the scenes, I'm just like. Oh my gosh. Like I remember wanting to get into like, cause I was really into jewelry. So I wanted to uh learn about corruption in the diamond industry, for example.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, and I was reading this book about the diamond industry and how corrupt it is. And then I started thinking, okay, well, then I won't do diamonds, I'll do gold. And then I was like, well, gold has a lot of corruption involved in it too. And then I was like, what about the clothes you wear? And you think about like, you know, industrial farming and leather, well, which wouldn't be industrial farming, but anyways, but like you think about every little thing you could possibly wear or do or use or something is like, there's some level of corruption at any part of this. And I just like start rocking back and forth in a corner and, crying. <laughs> and I'm like, I it's get overwhelmed so and I'm like, I, I don't even know. Like that's something I think about for my job is, you know, a lot of people are really focused on animal rights and like not harming animals and having animal testing, which is all well, well and good. But I'm also really concerned about the, the human rights and the conditions of the workplaces where they're manufacturing these cosmetics, like silica powder is used in cosmetics really regularly. And we know that that causes cancer. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, you know, the people who work in these plants where they put together cosmetics are exposed to all kinds of carcinogens and other things like that. So that's the kind of stuff I think about, but I'm not worried about it on like a person who wears makeup on their own. It's more like on a massive scale that I'm worried about it. You know
0: what I mean? Bless your heart for thinking of that. I mean, honestly, I mean, I do too. It, it goes, I'm very big, like a health nut, right? So I was watching what I eat, what I drink and, and wondering even from that, from a manufacturing side or from like, how is this sourced? I did like- a public health project one year in college where I went to all the farm not to all I went to a handful of farms I could never go to all mm-hmm. but a handful of farms in the in central valley of California just to like study heat stroke and migrant workers and I was like oh my god this is how we get our strawberries you know what I mean I can't eat a smoothie the same way again I can't and and these are like things that really do matter and then it's tying it all together from like the redditor thing is like what a massive amount of like small actions can do right like having some level of like realizing if everyone who uses eyeshadow right or everyone who eats blueberries were to suddenly decide one day i'm not gonna or for this year no more eyeshadow for me no more blueberries no more lettuce from the it Causes a very massive shift. It makes a really big freaking difference, right? And it can feel very small when it's just you. But like, I think that's, I think that's a worthy thought. I think that's worth. I mean, it, it sucks that those things can pile up so fast, and like we end up rocking in a corner because. I generally wonder about our generations, like not even just ours as we're like the elder millennials, but even like Gen Z and everyone's so much more aware of all of this, that it's like hard to just exist and live in in a peaceful manner because you're more aware of like the impact your decisions and the things you consume and buy and do are having on the rest of the world. Right. And it's. I don't know. I I I just love you, Sarah, because we can talk about so many things, but even this this principle of like the micro to macro <laughs> effect of our choices and our, our businesses that we we want to build and how we want to build them, who we want to work with, how we want to earn money, it's very consuming. I think it's very worthy, but it's also very like debilitating in its own way. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Well, and and it's like we, you know, we we don't just come from one environment where we've kind of not realize that it's not like this for the rest of the rest of people. Even in America, it's not like this. Like not everyone came from the Silicon Valley, but not everyone also works in the entertainment industry. There's also a great deal of control of narrative and all kinds of other things that happens through the entertainment industry. So it's weird because like we go to work, we work with people and then we see them on the side of a bus. You know what I mean? Like that's not a normal experience
0: for other people. Yeah. (laughs) So. And you make their faces look good for that bus. And it's like, it's in- insane. And I kind of like, but before we dive into that, cause I'm so like, I love talking shop with you because we, it's not just like, oh my God, who do you know? And like, we're good. I love talking with you about these deeper things and these bigger things that we are entrenched in. And then we like zoom out and look at it. I'm like, am I contributing something really nefarious here? <laughs> Is this problematic? <laughs> but I, I just want to like, take note because I, I talk about, I you know, I love hyping you up in, in my intro and everything. You're a fantastic, amazing, hardworking, hustling makeup artist, and you're so talented. But the story of like you and me has been so fascinating for me. And I kind of wanted to take a second to like sure. share that with the audience because you and I lived in Pleasanton, California. We went to high school together and I knew yes. you in like the periphery. Like I knew... Yeah. <laughs> Because you're this fantastic and you're gorgeous and like you're you you have this like amazing extroverted personality, so like I always knew of you, and I was like the leadership geek, so like it was like my job to know everyone to be like. So did you get your ticket to prom? Um, But like I just remember you being, I just remember you as the booger at Halloween. You (laughs) you came to school. You came to school dressed in a green onesie, and your face was like completely green. And I think it, I, I, if I, my memory serves me correctly, it said like I'm a bo- booger. Pick me. Or pick something. me first. Pick it me first. <laughs> 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 It came
1: from the pickup line that was like if I if you were a booger I'd pick you first. Yes, it
0: was. Um, and you came as the booger.
1: Yeah, and I had a gumby outfit, so it was <sighs> like the, it was the gumby outfit minus the head, and then I cut out this like green thing that looked like a booger, and then I wrote that on it. Amazing. And I painted my face green, and because I don't do cute Halloween costumes, I like to do really ugly Halloween costumes, which is and, like
0: your essence. I's like this is why you're you're an artist, you know. And I I want to say like. For me, it was a very big, uh, like. It, just like uh, why that memory sticks in my brain after all these freaking years, because Sarah, like outwardly, you're just like you're tall, blonde, and gorgeous, right? I would, I would like in my stereotypical like Full House influence and stay by the Bell influence mind, I didn't equate you like the, the, all those times that we'd like be around each other in the high school dynamic. Like I didn't peg you as somebody that would be like I'm gonna get really fucking ugly for Halloween, and it wasn't <laughs> ugly. In my I'm just want to say that, like I thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Um but like, you know, you're not doing the whole mean girls thing where you're wearing <laughs> the the booty shorts. I'm like, I'm a mess. Oh, that's up. that's not entirely
1: true. If you see our senior portrait, I'm in that seafoam green shirt and all my friends from theater were like really Sarah? I was
0: like, like, we all had our things. Hey, it's fine. I was like, you're not wrong. (laughs) But it's, it's so, I mean, just like the, the perception that we have, especially when we're teenagers and like, I've just been able to really like witness you from afar through social media because we had an amazing class in my opinion. And a lot of people stayed in touch through Facebook and stuff. And, um, like you've just had such an incredible career and just being able to connect with you because of social media and being able to talk with you as grown adults and like see what things you put out there and your opinions, it's been a- amazing like i just it's
1: like really sweet i feel like this is like so much hype and people are gonna go like google my picture and i'm like it's no makeup no but it's, <laughs> i need um, to show the booger picture that's very that's very. I, st- I don't even know if i have i probably have it somewhere
0: oh please can we unearth that because it would just make my day but anyway i just wanted yeah. to share that because um for for me as a, like a little Korean girl that like, when I first got to Pleasanton was such a weird experience of going from San Jose, which was so Asian and like very diverse to being in Pleasanton where it was like, I think it was like 96% white or something. I was very <laughs> just trying to make heads or tails of anything. And I, I really had like a weird, like a processing thing through middle school. Cause I came at the tail end of eighth grade and going through eighth grade and high school in Pleasanton was like, honestly, a very cultural <laughs> experience for me to like yeah. go out of my bubble and then enter this like sleepy white suburban town. And I loved it. Like it was uncomfortable. I loved it, but you're a part of that. And it's been really cool to like learn more about your background. And that's what I wanted to like also share in, in talking with you for first of all, because I think you had such a different life than what I had envisioned, right? Like the things that I had assumed or- would just walk around thinking, like, I'm the different one, right? As a teenager, it's like very self absorbed and very like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one that's experiencing this really like tumultuous, like, we're so different. Like, I stick out like a sore thumb. I'm different. Like, I honestly h- had a lot of those feelings. And just hearing about your background has been great. So, whatever you're down yeah. to share, I, yeah, yeah, it's uh, been great.
1: So I grew up in a town called Milpitas where everybody was amazing and weird and a, a crazy, critical, awesome thinker. And I was even talking to my older brother about this, how we we went to a Christian school when we were there because um, because the, the Christian schools were better, unfortunately, because there wasn't, I don't know, for whatever reason. But so a lot of people at our school were not necessarily Christian, but went to the school because it was better. So we grew up around a lot of kids who were first generation and their dads were like engineers and they were over from like India and China and other parts of Asia and just like really diverse kind of area. And it was amazing. And um, then we moved to Pleasanton. and
0: (laughs) 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 That's how I felt when I first moved like Pleasanton. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I remember they like, they brought us my parents wanted to take us out of private school and wanted us to have experiences going to like dances and not be in christian school anymore uh-huh. um where we had like sex education that told us like you should give someone a kiss that says i love you but i still respect you like oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: i can't it's amazing so yeah. um yeah we even had like a sex ed video where a guy like thought he was gay and then he like went and talked to his priest about it and was like oh good thing we solved that like it was <laughs> i getting weird now. <laughs> like <laughs> woof like we it was, cleared it up you know yeah and then I I even at one point had a Christian science book which is that shouldn't happen <laughs> but that that wasn't to be fair that was not at Melpitas Christian school Melpitas was actually that was actually a pretty decent school so um mm-hmm. the the people I knew that went to that school weirdly I still am friends with a lot of them on uh like Facebook or whatever and they're like some of the most thoughtful sweet wonderful people they're empathetic some of them are still christian some of them are not but they're like the ones that get it right you know Mm, mm. so it's like it's kind of funny to like watch them and i'm like i would still hang out with you to this day but like most of the people from our high school i do not feel the same way about those people (laughs) so i although like to be fair a lot of the people you were friends with were actually like nice people who are doing really amazing things like um, I don't necessarily want to name anyone in case you wanna like take them out. But I mean, just we have some of the people that you were friends with, like KB, are just mm-hmm. like remarkable people. Yeah. Love um, KB. Yeah. So like I won't say like the whole name, but yeah.
0: Oh, well, Casey um, and like, yeah, it was a lot of the the yeah, the leadership geeks. And I loved it.
1: Yeah, they were good people. Um and so anyway, so we we moved to Pleasanton and one day, like or we're like at Pleasanton, like looking at the schools or whatever, and they my dad takes me my older brother and my little brother to, um, PMS or Pleasanton middle school. yeah. And
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. We're,
1: we're watching them get out of school. And this may be like, I hope this isn't too much or saying anything like out of line, but in Milpitas, it was like groups would be sometimes isolated, um, ethnically a little bit, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, there would always be this like one group there where everybody was kind of like everything, mm-hmm. you know, you would have like, a couple. But it was like. Different groups would come out in different waves. So like as school let out. You would see like. Okay there's a group of like this. This group of kids. And then there's this group of kids. And there's this group of kids. So when we saw. The kids in Pleasanton Middle School get out. It was the white group of kids. And I was like okay. And then there was another white group of kids. And I was like okay. And then there was another white group of kids. And I turned to my older brother. And I was like. F- <laughs> and I was like not into it I did not (laughs) want to go to school with those kids really not at all no and that is not what my friends look like yeah yeah. so um I came to Pleasanton Middle School I went to Harvest Park for like three weeks first and I was like doing great there and then wanted to be at the school that like fed into my brother's high school Uh uh-huh and we just foothill and then, I don't know oh, why dear. I sound so winded all the time, but. <laughs> You're
0: fine. It's uh, 2021. We had, we've had a lot of uh, tough on ramp to this sport. So it's fine.
1: Um, but yeah, so then my, my, uh, so I, I transferred to Pleasanton Middle School and I had a pink backpack because everyone like celebrated uniqueness in Malpitas and they made fun of me. And I remember this one kid named Chris R. We'll leave it there. Because uh-huh. um, I had no problem. Fuck that guy. But anyway, so like, but it, I'm not bitter. It's fine. I'm a healthy, well-adjusted no, it's adult, right. I promise. We've,
0: we're totally past middle school right now.
1: We're, I'm not past it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so, processing
0: it right now with you. But.
1: So we're like, they, they asked to borrow my pink backpack, which was like a Mulan backpack. It was dope as hell. Anyway, so I also had a Hello Kitty backpack. And this girl, Sabrina, is a dick. Took my backpack and threw it in the mud. What? Yes. Like my third day. And then I was like, I, I also had like an identity issues galore. And I was like, show me where this girl is. Like, like I was going to fight somebody. Like, what was like, the, what was that going to do? First of all, I did not fight. I was like the lankiest person in the world. Um, all, all knees and elbows and feet. Like I could have
0: totally point. believe you fought. I would have believed it.
1: No. Like, <laughs> 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 so, um. I was like, show me where this girl is. And then they were like, we have her back. She's our girl. And I was like, she's in the wrong. What the hell? Like, because in Mopitas, people wouldn't like back you up if you were being a jerk. They'd be like, no, I think you need to like not be a jerk. Like, that's how that went. But they like backed her up and it was this whole thing. And it was kind of like that like horror movie moment where like the background like separates from the foreground. It's like, like, it was like that. And I just like was all, what the hell? And then the rest of the year, I just got bullied. Nobody liked me. They would like text me one eight seven. What? what? Yeah, it was fucking awful. I hated it, and so I uh when they were trying to get me to matriculate into Foothill, I basically told off their principal.
0: Oh, um, you told me this. Way. Please re- refresh me, right?
1: <laughs> I did, and I was like, I don't like your school. I don't <laughs> like the people that go here. I don't think they're nice because they-, they were all like entitled rich kids that golfed like you.
0: So, I mean that was the stereotype <laughs> of foothill, and we were just talking shit about from high school days. But there was a lot of truth to it.
1: Whatever, their football coach talked about me sexually when I was fifteen years old. Like Ew. that. No, that's gross. Like they can. I I I stand by my statement. I hope this is still usable for you that I'm like naming names. It's you can fine. tell me to lock it up, and I I will totally lock it up if you need to. But
0: it's a, it's what you want to share.
1: <laughs> I don't care. So um, so yeah. So basically, like. I told him off and he told my parents, I wouldn't take her if you paid me.
0: (laughs) (gasps) Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: so from that point on, I went to a different high school from my brother. And it it was actually way better. I liked Amador better. um, (laughs) And it was a better fit for me. So yeah, I went there. And then there were a couple kids from PMS that went to Amador, like Jamie, who was like, my favorite partner in crime. Mm -hmm. Um, He's this, like, amazing kid who is just wonderful. He was in theater with me, and I, like, loved him. And there were some other kids that I, like, did theater with that were really great. And then I hung out with, like, kind of, sort of the cool group, but, like, I was a periphery kind of member of it. I was, like, not... (laughs) 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 Like, I was always, like, the sixth one if the car seated five.
0: (laughs) let well, so. see, from a marketing and branding standpoint, like I, you were periphery in, in your experience, but from the outside, I very much associated you with, oh, okay. Like, I knew you did theater-ish, but like more, because it's optics, right? In high school, it's very much about like, who are you associated with? And so, so f- funny. it just, in my brain, clumped you in there.
1: God, what a douche! I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, no, douche. I well, and honestly, to be fair, like the girls that I was friends with, they're actually like genuinely nice yeah, people. Like, some have, of them are really nice people that I still talk to.
0: I think a lot of the popular kids that I knew, like, there are a couple of them I talked shit to, and I actually don't even think they were in our grade. I I'm very biased, but I think our class was like, comparatively speaking, like pretty kickass. And so, even though everyone had their like groups and their cliques, there were a lot of really nice people, genuinely. Like, they weren't like no throwing pink backpacks in the mud. Like who the hell was that? Like you, she went to foothill. We will take that offline. And... <laughs> oh, God, That's just, I hate that. I mean, I hope I, whatever meanness I had, cause I did have a chip on my shoulder when I was like 13 oh, and I, I was probably mean to girls. I was mean to girls, but not in a physical manner, but still emotional scars are emotional scars. I think bullying is so terrible and shitty and, to whatever degree I participate I feel really bad and like that's just some next level evil like who does that I don't like it it was
1: just like yeah um and then like I was also gross too cuz I was going through like my own stuff and super insecure my parents were in the middle of like getting divorced and my grandpa had passed away and he kind of was like the glue that held our family together and it was just like there was so much going on and it mm-hmm. like wasn't it wasn't a happy environment at home and then I would like came to this school where I had been like a straight A student before. And then I just like started failing everything
0: Ooh.
1: and, um, not because it was hard, but because it was like, just, just like, I was, not a out. Good I was done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and I didn't like the kids and I didn't like what I was interacting with. Like drama was pretty much like the one thing that I had that I felt like at home around those people. And they didn't say things like "You're so weird" or anything like that to me because I always got a lot of that mm-hmm. um and so the theater kids were like really where I found my people for sure, and to this day, those are the people I keep in contact with from our high school, yeah, but um that was kind of what was going on with with me in high school, and obviously, I knew who you were, and always you always had like a smile on your face and seemed like you're having so much fun, and you hung out with like some of the nicest kids in our school um and I was just like, huh. Oh that's <laughs> that like and then i started seeing you on like social media and then i realized you were in the entertainment industry too and yeah. and passionate about some of the things that i'm passionate about and i was like oh okay then we just started connecting on like dms and stuff like
0: that <laughs> cuz i'd like comment on your stories like god this is there you know we all talk a lot of shit about social media because there are the the uglier parts of it for sure but i i still you know to this day credit and thank social media for helping me stay in touch with people that i think are awesome people to stay in touch with. And I don't know how I would have done that otherwise, because it's like discovering friends that were right there all along. And like, honestly, this conversation is like so mind boggling to me because it's like warp speed because high school feels like it was yesterday. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like it was yesterday, but it feels yeah. like it was 18 years, you know, like lifetimes ago. And it's funny because like when we share these things of like miss, like misconceptions about each other like I was really really happy in high school and that's stuff that I want to like share in the stories that I want to write and whatever but it was also really really like disturbing because I was living a double life in in high school and like in a my abusive relationship at that time so the reason why I was genuinely happy at school is because it was an escape from this guy so I like put 110% into leadership and homecoming and prom even though I didn't go to all of these um these dances that I planned because I was so, he was monitoring my every move. Like I was giving him money. He was like sexually abusive, like a lot of dark, ugly, really bizarre things that like were part of my life at that same exact time. So it's just like, suffice it to say that like, we never really ever know what the hell's going on, right? Like everything is just at face value. You're like, oh, well that person seems jolly good. And the truth is at high school, I was like at school because I was like, I'm away from this predator. <laughs> but like he even started calling me at school. He called Mr. Fuller's class like he would get he somehow got I don't know how that happened because remember we had these old phones that are like, you know, like you call from one classroom to another. Like, I don't know if you remember those, but I I don't yeah, even I remember that having dials or anything, but somehow he would like reach me at school. That's like some I totally forgot about that until this moment. But there are things God. that, like, happened at school where, like, he would get in touch with me and, like, have his eyes on me at any given time. And I liked John Lund, you know, in high school. I don't know if you remember him.
1: Sort of, yes. But There's he any, was... Huh? Did he have, like, spiked hair and wear, like, a like uh, one of those bead necklaces all the time?
0: <laughs> I no, he that, wore a
1: chain. He wore a chain,
0: didn't he? Maybe, John, well, he was a, he's a Mormon boy. Well, he was in high school. But he hung out... I, I think you're thinking of Chris Testa. Chris had the... Uh, Sorry, we're, like, just dropping names. We're Chris. dropping all
1: the names. You're going to tell Yeah, I'm, like, bleep it shout. out.
0: Chris had the, the... He had the spiky hair, and he wore the shell necklace. I don't think John ever did, but they were in that same group of friends, like, No, I know, who, I know who Chris
1: was, but I think I'm thinking of who John was. I totally forgot. Do you know this... Oh, this is going to sound so bad, and please don't make it about these people. <laughs> I feel like a dick saying this, but you really like genuinely forget that someone, like, you forget about someone completely. Like, yes. you don't, you don't even, it's not even like something you remember. And then someone says the name and you're like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah. Like, why is so, like, why do some people take up so much space in my mind <laughs> and yet other people, I like genuinely forgot they existed or something. And yeah. they were like a nice person. They're, you know what I mean? Like, but um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. High school's, I don't even know. I always feel so weird talking about high school too because I'm like, it was miserable. I was a sad panda. I listened to Alice in Chains <laughs> and Stone Temple Pilots and, like, <laughs> System of a Down and, like, did not feel like I fit in at all and, like, really hated it. But yeah, um, it's funny because it's, like, I don't know, though, too. I was, like, a dick in high school. Like, I started thinking about some of the things I said to people because I thought they were, like, you know, fun and edgy. You know, like, when we were in high school, people were still using – Horrible words that I don't even want to say anymore. You know, right. It would still be like, what are you gay? Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Which yeah. It's like horrible thing to say to somebody. And I, I said that to someone once and I didn't mean it in a derogatory way at all. And he was like, he was talking about how they were watching a video with Brad Pitt and how he was checking out Brad Pitt. So to be fair, I was like actually asking, <laughs> but he was like, yes. And then I was like, Oh God, did I just like make this person feel awful? And here's the thing is like, I'm, I'm bi. So I'm not like a per it's like, I wasn't coming from that place at all and they were like horrible things I would say to people that I'm like am I in their highlight reel of like bully moments like and I just want to reach out to them and be like hey remember that time I said that horrible thing to you I just really want to apologize for it but I don't even know if like that's doing more harm than good or like I still think what the best way I think a sincere
0: apology is like fantastic honestly even if like well they say my therapist and self-help books are always like you know forgiveness is really for the forgiver um not for the person that they're forgiving more so because like to like kind of release you of that guilt and shame but like I still I have people in my life if they had ever thought to reach out to say sorry for hurting me even if it was like re re like bringing stuff back up from the past that like I'd kind of set aside I don't know. For me I'd be like that's I really appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of that or 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 taking the steps to like try to rectify it. I I think a lot of people can depends. It really depends. But I'm just saying like I wouldn't take offense or be like, "Oh, why are you making me relive my trauma? There's a there's why I'm in therapy, Sarah." It's like part of me is like no, I can't I'm get f- li- I can't let go of certain things cuz no one's apologized about some harm that they caused, you know? So it's like
1: well, this guy was like my friend too. He wasn't like somebody that I, you know, didn't like or was whatever. He was a kid I did theater with, and yeah. I just was like, "What a gross thing to say to somebody!" You know what I mean? Like, and it was it was just all you know shock jock stuff that you would say, and we said so much, so many things to be shocking in like the early aughts, and just yeah, what a douche! You know what I mean? Like, just why? But like, <laughs> like uh, Here's would the I behave thing. that way?
0: I I think well, I want as your friend give you some level of like not a pass, but I'm like, you're, I think you're a great person. And I think the reason why there, there's relevance to like this, this journey down memory lane to like, remember the odds and like how problematic things were, that's valid because what we're dealing with now and what we dealt with, especially this last year and what you and I spent a lot of time kind of like unpacking, because there was so much is yeah. like, consequences of that or like the things that have built off of those foundations. You know what I'm saying? So like I think there's there's a lot of value in in going down the memory lane. And sorry, I don't want to re-traumatize you. No, you're not it's
1: like I also feel like too, I don't want to tell people and then have them like reassure me. Like that's mine. I need to sit in that. You know what I mean? I need to own that. I did that. It was gross. Right.
0: You know what I mean? And there were
1: other things too. That's like the least of it. That's the one I feel safe mentioning on a podcast, which should give you some insight into the other (laughs) hellish things. Like, but
0: yeah, I want to, if you, if you don't mind sharing, because we talked a a lot, there was that spike in, um, us unpacking a lot, uh, during the summer and late spring because of black lives matter. There's a lot that everyone's been processing. Right. And I think whether it's racial injustice or like, honestly, I get really worked up when, when money comes up. So this whole like stock market thing, like that, I'm still mildly oblivious to and don't fully understand just like the principles of like exploitation and like taking advantage and screwing people over and that the system's rigged and like that like so so economics and politics and race and like gender and like identity and you and I both work in entertainment so we are surrounded by majority like really progressive people who do care about like pronouns and who do care about trans rights and you know there's a lot to care about and a lot to unpack and then in the grander scheme of conversations there's a lot of variety in like what people are saying about that how are you like that's the thing like what I hear when I when I talk to you is somebody who is very welcoming of taking responsibility which i really admire and i want to like incorporate into my own life and i also wonder like as your friend like at what point do you say like okay i've taken responsibility and now i i forgive myself of certain things i'm just curious like what this last year has been like for you because you know we went into like if you're down to talk about it like how our parents like us even navigating our own families right like how hard that is like we're already kind of scrutinizing ourselves from like our past behaviors our attitudes the things that we've said that are completely fucked up and unintentional but really problematic yeah and and then how we've dealt with other people who are maybe way worse or i'm throwing a lot out there but you know it's been a it's been a year and it's i'm just curious like how you've handled it and how you've been processing be trying to be a better person, I guess.
1: Well, I gotta tell you, not well. No, it's it's been it's been it's been hard. There's been a lot of Bebmo deliveries, um, yeah, which is not the healthiest way to process things. <laughs> but like, I honestly, at one point, I was just sitting by myself in my apartment, like just rehashing, and I have a real tendency to um, ruminate. That's like one of my kind of um, more... Intru- I have intrusive thoughts, which is like part of uh, my non-neurotypical brain. It's like a just intrusive thoughts are part of it. And so I can really ruminate on something. I can really <laughs> relive something and break it down to like the worst possible things. So yeah, there was a lot going on. And I feel like the most triggering of all of it was like the... It's okay so it's like it's multifaceted cuz my family is super evangelical mm-hmm. and um I was raised to be Christian and to be good to people and then I kind of got really disenchanted with it because I was like well what what does that even mean being Christian is not synonymous with being good mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's not even like I saw some TikTok the other day cuz I'm like the old person on TikTok loving it but Same. Um, <laughs> the kids are great
0: they but are. anyways <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I saw something and it was like, uh, somebody was saying, I hope I can just dis- distill this the right way, but they were saying, like, it's not your ideals, it's not you failing at your ideals that I have a problem with with Christianity. It's your ideals to begin with that I have a problem with. And that's where I stand with the faith. I'm an atheist and um, I am very critical of groupthink situations and incredibly critical of situations where people use a system to manipulate and oppress other people and Mm -hmm. especially when they do bad things in the name of good Mm. and so it's been really interesting to see people's mental gymnastics to like protect their way of thinking about something like it was a problem when we were protesting but when they stormed the capitol you know what i mean like yeah what what the fuck like
0: yeah so yeah
1: i I don't understand how you can incite violence and um, people are okay with it. I don't know. It's just, there was a whole lot that was going on. So I was trying to process all that and then processing like my family still totally loving Trump. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Like they didn't like Bill Clinton cause he was a womanizer and got divorced and or didn't get, <laughs> yeah. not he didn't get divorced. Sorry. They didn't like um, other people who got divorced, but anyways, like they, then all of a sudden completely backed Trump and backed everything he stood for and all the bigotry and all this and all that. And I had to come to some really harsh realizations where it was like, no, no, that was the point the whole time. Mm. You know, like it, this was, this is actually, this isn't a bug. This is a feature. Mm. So, um, that, I think that's been like hard to realize and hard to watch. And it's like, If you truly did believe in Jesus and believe in his like teachings, I don't understand how you couldn't be standing with people at a BLM protest or, you know, or whatever, or any of it. But this like just to watch people use their religion, but also to see how they're being manipulated by higher powers by single voting issues like abortion and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And they're being hijacked and weaponized and used against other people and their faith is being weaponized. And I just... It's it's so hard to watch, and it's such like a a self fulfilling like prophecy or dogma or something. I don't even know the right word for it. Like when you're like, well, if you doubt, then you're an outsider and you're against us, and this whole thing. And it makes this yeah. insular kind of community where you're basically justifying everything you do because you justify everything you do. I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's I have a real problem with anything that discourages critical thinking mm-hmm. and says that critical thinking means that you're against us.
0: Right. Then I'm just getting triggered about my father right now, but I'm yeah, with you. I and it.
1: So that's been really hard to watch. And then also to realize that I like, have said all the things that I shouldn't have said, you know, when they were like, you should never ask somebody what they are. And I was like, oh, shit!" like, you know, like every like just going back and every day was just like getting smacked in the face by something stupid you had done or said. And it's it is now to the point where my friends who are not white people are like, Sarah, just it's fine. You don't have to preface everything you say. Like, trust me, we wouldn't hang out with you if we thought you were awful. And I'm like, "Okay,
0: I said that to you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just like is it okay that i talk about this and they're like yes that's why we keep you around I'm Like,
0: okay well because it's not the what thing i think this is it goes even to like this it's funny because this was a, a conversation with many an ex-boyfriend right but it's like it's not just the what you're saying it's how right and it's mm-hmm. in it, its intention if there's if there's misunderstanding and curiosity about something and there's ignorance around xyz Topic, that's fine. There's not we're not expected to know everything about everything, you know. That's why we're here is to teach each other stuff, hopefully, because there's no freaking way I can know everything about everyone's culture, but it's really the intentions and attitudes that go behind that. And I think that's the big thing that was so exposed this last year is that there was no intention of trying to understand, it was just to assert in a very hostile manner, in a very defensive manner with zero willingness to maybe be wrong, right? Like to, to be, maybe I have something to learn here. It was, there was very little of that. I mean, it's been like that for a long time, but I think it really just came to a head this past year with everything that was already piling up and it just exploded, you know? And I know that you've been, like, dealing with your family's uh, beliefs and, like, they're—because, like, you said, like, you came out as bi and, like, you're in the entertainment space and you have, like, this whole other community of people that you jive with and that you bond with and you support and that was really, like, against— what your family believes. And like, for me, I had like a delayed reaction too, because my parents would say these comments as really conservative Baptist Christians about gay people and whatnot. And I was like, Mm -hmm. some of my best friends are gay and they're, they may be the ones marrying me. So what, what are we, what are you saying right now? You know, like all these things are very real. So yeah, I get, I get why I just want to like validate. I get why you're so sensitive and I appreciate that because you really care about those around you and you don't want to unintentionally offend or insult anybody, but also just to validate you, we keep you around because you're fantastic and you're wonderful. You are a critical thinker and you do speak out in support of these things that do need supporters from every angle, right? Whether it's because you live in, the, you're from the Bay or because, you know, you are an employed person or female or whatever right like for so many reasons like a lot of these voices in terms of allyship and and being able to be a voice to speak on behalf of your own community and for others like it's all necessary I just love that you say stuff and that you're willing to be like okay let me know if I said the wrong thing but also saying you're not saying a lot of wrong things (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I really want to know. That's the thing is I don't want people to treat me with kitty gloves and be like, oh, we got to like ease her into this because she's her brain's going to break. Otherwise, you know what I mean? I mean, I do appreciate a little sensitivity, but at the same time, I also like want to know when I'm being wrong. If I've been insulting you like this whole time, like I just had. I don't even know if I should talk about this. It made me so upset like that this had been happening this whole time and no one had corrected me. And I was actually really pissed if i'm being honest but Mm -hmm. that's also like misdirected like shame or whatever on my end where i have friends whose names i've been saying wrong for fucking like 15 years oh yeah that's fun Mm Like, and you figure it out, you're like, oh, is that how you pronounce it? Or is it pronounced like this? And you're like, are you kidding me? You just let me say your name like that this whole time? like. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but at the same time, it's not their responsibility. I should know this. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like, but I feel like it's the most basic form of respect you could give somebody is like pronouncing their name correctly Mm -hmm. or asking them like, which name do you prefer to be called or whatever? And just like, the thought that as recently as like this week, I found out that I had been saying somebody's name incorrectly with like the wrong accent on the wrong syllable or whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, I just was like, that's so gross. And then I was like, well, is that like an assumption that they're making about me that I wouldn't care to say their name correctly that I wouldn't, care like that it wouldn't matter to me and i'd be like f whatever plus an f like you know what i mean or just yeah i don't even know but to me it was like such a moment where i was like damn i thought we were past this i could literally go in a corner and cry right now like i felt so bad and it's like it takes like somebody else letting me know that i like biffed their name and i had no idea i'd been saying it and these are like one person one person is a family member that's disgusting like Mm -hmm. i'm like horrified but Yeah, like uh, the, the, there's like Americanized versions of how people pronounce things. And I was saying the Americanized version. I wasn't saying the way that you would actually pronounce it correctly. And that's like just, that's inexcusable. I don't like, that's not okay. I don't know. I don't know. It just made me like really mad. I don't know what my point was. Well, no,
0: I I appreciate you even vocalizing that because there's you know being Korean there's like such a breadth of like names in my universe that I hear all the time and people saying incorrectly and then I get mad of like correct them like say luckily my name Well, I mean you knew me as Christine because that's what my husband and then uh, like starting in college I I grew up with both names I was Christine at school and I was Minji at home and at at church and like in college everyone just started calling me Minji more because they're like that feels like more like your name and I was like well it is my name Um, (laughs) but I just went with it because it, it did feel more like more like me. For whatever, however, one want, someone wants to dissect that, but my name is fairly easy to read and say pretty hard to butcher, but like around me would happen a lot. And I would be like, Hey, if they're like, I felt even weird. Like, how do I correct somebody about, Hey, I go by Minji now. And they only knew me as Christine, even my best friend, my best friend since like fourth grade, she only knew me as Christine. Right. And she's Chinese American. Um, yeah. but it's like these weird things of like showing up for yourself. Like how do you vocalize Correcting somebody, and that is, that's a very that could be its own podcast, like or series, right? How do you like show up to to speak on your behalf? That's some layers of like therapy and like resolving childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff. So it goes beyond like what I think another person can handle, but I also think that it's really wonderful that we can be more empathetic and careful and thoughtful. Just like again, care just. That you care that, you, are you, am I saying your name right or am I saying it wrong? That's wonderful. And then on the other side, I do like, I'm a believer in personal responsibility just because I've had my ass kicked by it so many times. But like, yeah. I do think people got to like speak up on it and be gracious, hopefully in the, at least, you know, in the first <laughs> X amount of times that you want to like give people a chance to get it right. Cause they may not get it right, right away, whatever it is name, pronoun, like this, I don't know, but I, I, I'm, it's very touching that you care that so much. Cause I do know there are people out there who have really had different identity issues or wounds because they don't feel seen or misrepresented in an XYZ way. But I also like do put it on other people too, that they can be more bold and be a little bit more like, no, this is who I am. You can call me this. Thank you. And this is how you say it. And just own that. Just easier said than done. But
1: yeah, I think with with all of them, actually, at some point or another, like early enough on in the game, I was like, is it this or is it this? And they were like, no, the way you say it's fine,
0: because uh, like
1: they're so used to people saying it that way that they're yeah. just like, it's fine. Like, whatever, it's totally fine. They, like. And like everyone I knew called them that as well. Yeah. And then um one day I said their name to somebody else who was also like from the country they were from. And they were like, yeah, that's not how you say that. And I was like, Oh shit. Are you kidding <laughs> well, me? Like, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? This is like a this is like a close friend. Like, seriously? Like, ah. Uh, and it just makes you like Just and it's not about me. It's not about my feelings. It's that it's it's just the rudest thing you could do to. It's the most basic form of respect you could give somebody. And I just like, anyways, all I'm saying is um I'm a terrible person. Don't hire me. Anyone who's listening to this. (laughs) Oh my god. Like Jesus. Okay.
0: I object. I object, and it is sustained. (laughs) Well, I I think the overall thing that people are really kind of taking away, especially from like, hopefully, and I see this a lot in my peers, my friends, and you um, we're all just trying to be better people, right? Like to, to just progress. And I don't know how much we really feel like we are because we're so not (laughs) at all. I just
1: like, all I want to do is like, be right, you know, be right. And like, be there for people and stand up for people, but there's so much unlearning and so many other things. And just like, even something as simple as like how you pronounce somebody's name, you could be blindsided by it, not which is such an it's just again i'm mortified
0: but like i i think the fact that you take ownership and do your best to to rectify it is is a lot sarah so i hope you as as your friend and as your cheerleader i hope that you don't beat yourself up too much about it because i do think that at some point that can get counterproductive of like no dude like because you're also so vocal to like open up the space for other people to acknowledge what they're going through too. Like that's something that you I I again genuinely admire. And I'm curious, like when it came to stuff about like your family or like white privilege or whatever, like how have you have you been how does that going? Like does that I don't know that, right? Like this is where I needed like take ownership. A lot of my my universe is Asian American. Not, you know, only, but a lot of it because I've been so entrenched in the Asian American conversation and the advocacy work and working with these organizations and like whatever, which has been fantastic. But I feel like I've been in my own bubble too, right? Like I want to understand what other communities like not just say, Oh, I know somebody from there. It's like, no, I'm actually learning from them and experiencing, I, I don't know. So I'm like genuinely seeking out because I feel like I've been in my Asian bubble or whatever, you know, like this diversity and inclusion bubble.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I obviously am nailing it. No, uh, we're just like it's been really interesting to see kind of the the splintering or the fracturing of different groups of white people and how they're handling this in terms of responsibility. Like what I what I have the unfortunate experience of having happen a lot is people will see me at a bar see how I look and be like, we're part of the same club. And then come and say some wild shit to me in public about how they don't think the races should be mixing or whatever else. And I'm like, I have to be like very loud and very public. Like I completely disagree with everything you're saying today. Wow. Like it's, So I have these really weird experiences where there are these closed door moments um, amongst white people where they say shit that they would not say. If they weren't in a space with other just white people. Mm-hmm. So, seeing some of that and seeing some of the people that I know that kind of operate in that space on a regular basis, kind of like going through this almost like defensiveness toward everything mm-hmm. has been really interesting. It's been interesting hearing people talk about like diversity, inclusion in work. And some people are really bent out of shape about it.
0: Yeah. And they're
1: like, well, you're not going to get a job for a year. And I'm like, <laughs> no (laughs) that's (laughs) not (laughs) i'm like okay because white privilege just disappears because there's a like diversity inclusion (laughs) program yeah You, you think people aren't still benefiting from that okay yeah like but also like i'm like yeah excellent i was like you know what like if things are more diverse that means more of my friend's department head and guess who they're gonna want around People that they like. Yes, yeah. who's a person that they like? Me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like I'm hiring it, you for my production.
1: I was like, it benefits me still. Like, I don't understand like the thought process. People are like, oh, well, no, they're gonna get ahead and they're gonna take our jobs. And I'm like, Yeah, what are you talking about? I was they're like, Aren't you worried you're not gonna work? I'm like, no, look at my resume. Like, absolutely not. Like, I'm totally fine <laughs> working with anyone and everyone. So why would it be a problem? Like mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody else gets an opportunity, good. Yeah. Like it, I've been in makeup trailers where people are so much more comfortable because they feel that they're represented. Like sometimes when people see me coming toward them, they're like, oh shit, like nobody wants me to do their makeup until they like see me do their makeup. But sometimes having somebody else in the department or in the room or whatever that represents them makes them feel more comfortable, makes everyone feel more comfortable. It just makes for a better day at work. Like Mm -hmm. I don't see a downside to any of this so seeing white people kind of get defensive and recoil and stuff like that has been a little disheartening i'm not gonna lie like that's been irritating for me but i also do realize that in some instances it's a generational thing and it really is kind of like pandora's box like once you open things up and start looking at how systemic the oppression is yeah it is fucking overwhelming like you know what i mean and so i i understand how like and i i feel like even even doubt in religion is kind of the same way it's like once you open up that that box or once you take those blinders off you you could really the whole system could crumble and so i feel like people are afraid to look critically at a system that has been advantageous to them or you know or admit that maybe they benefited from privilege and that they they did get there by their own work and their own merit, but yeah. they they were afforded opportunities that were other people didn't have access to, and I think people take that really personally, especially with the like pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So, and I I don't think that's what anyone is saying, you know, but I think that's how they want to hear it. So it, it's like the, the 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 narrative gets twisted to mean whatever they think it means, you know, just like. Just like even the the protest got twisted to mean what they wanted, you know what I mean? It's like everything gets twisted in a weird way.
0: I agree. I, it's it's funny because I think that that's so. When you say these things, honestly, like we're talking on a very like systemic level of between races, right? I genuinely that's like the macro level. The micro level, like this sounds so parallel to like how I interpret things that my my parents say, right? So even on like a familial level, like you the the essence of it that I think is very kind of universal and goes throughout, that's very telling is that we look at everything through our own lens, right? You're not looking at it through facts and and truths, maybe, right? You're looking at it through, well, I don't want this to jeopardize me. I don't want this to like whatever. If you're combating and you haven't resolved your ego issues, like what does this say about me? What is this? How, like, are you accusing me of being problematic because I have privilege? It's like, no, it's just acknowledging that you have privilege and I have privilege. I have privilege. I freaking like I'm an Asian-American female that grew up in Silicon Valley in California. I have massive amounts of privilege that I would deny in the hopes of like trying to make myself the the victim of X, Y or Z. Right. And that's just something that I've wanted to like in, in a constructive way, point out to even like Asian-American friends that put themselves in like this there are disenfranchised Asian Americans. Don't get me wrong. And that's why there's a diversification of what Asian means because there's like dozens and dozens of countries, cultures, languages in that term, right? That people are not you know, diverse, like, looking at, right? Disaggregating, if you will, if you want to use, like, the technical term. But, like, everyone looks at Asians like, oh, we're all rich and we're all educated and blah, blah, blah. There are those people. And then when those friends of mine that did grow up with both parents, with money, with education, want to then frame themselves like they are in the same place as, like, Black people, I'm like, bro, no. You, like... (laughs) And those are hard conversations to have. I feel wildly uncomfortable talking about it, but I see it and I don't know how to like bring that up because then people will, I know they're not, probably not going to take that well of like, yeah. you know, like you're a privileged kid just because you're, you're, yeah, you're not white. So fine. You're going to like say, oh, white there is white privilege, but you're acting like you have zero. That's not true. Comparatively speaking, right? Like we're all... It gets so, this is why I end up rocking in a corner (laughs) crying because I'm just like, how can we, how can we, how can we talk? And and by no means do I feel like it's my job to do that, but like it's stuff I care about. And I, I do like say things out loud, either publicly or privately to like try to advance these conversations. I don't know to what effect, but I'm trying to like, just go there with some level of courage, but also like some level of acceptance like i can't control everything or very little and and i can't change people's minds per se but that doesn't mean i got to stop trying i don't know i'm saying a lot of things because it's a very complex thing that we're endeavoring right like we're tackling something very personal right like down to yeah. like the most personal thing you can say which is you feel people feel like you're they're attacking their character and their like everything they earned is now suddenly false. Like, I feel like that's just like how a person feels if you're coming at them saying like, you got all that because you're a privileged piece of shit, you know, versus saying you have privilege, you've benefited off of that. Now, what are you going to do with it? That's really, I think the bigger thing than just attacking somebody. Because I do think that there's just anger where we're just like, you're privileged, you're privileged. And it's like, yeah, we're all privileged for different reasons, some a lot more than others. And, but it's really the question of like, what are we going to do with it? how do we want to utilize it, I guess, instead of denying it, instead of just saying it doesn't exist. That's the part that drives me nuts. Like, well, and I think like
1: the, the thing about being like a white lady in all of this is I, I, you know, the, the nuance isn't there for me in the same (laughs) (laughs) way. It's like, you're the worst. Yes, we are like it's like that's it's it's common knowledge at this point like there's names for it there's karens you know what i mean like <laughs> so it's at least i don't have to like unpack like am i am i not it's like very much yes like it's <laughs> pretty straightforward so in that regard um i don't consider I you see a how, Karen. Yeah, there's, I, I could see how like other things would be um would be more nuanced and it's it's been interesting for me, like caring about certain issues because of where I grew up and who my friends were and stuff, which is actually what drew me to a lot of your content, because I I really care about um, representation in media. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, but why do you care about this? I'm like, everybody should care about this. Like, I don't understand, like, why we're not talking about how asians are represented in media i'm like what is going on here like i you know you'll never see a movie with two romance two leads Mm -hmm. that are asian or like (laughs) or two people of color with the uh, the the only one i can think of and i forget the name of the movie is the one with um nanjiani and the girl who does insecure
0: Oh yeah, Um,
1: and it was hilarious. It was amazing, and I was like, "This is this is rad. Why aren't we seeing more of this?" You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. Anyways, that's what drew me to a lot of your content was just seeing that you are really passionate about that and really passionate about the space, and like, and also just not having characters that are just stereotypes. You know what I mean? It's like not just about having like a token this or a token that in your project. It's about like, is this a complex character or is it not? And so. I don't know. I think the work you're doing is really, really cool. Um Thank you. and that's something I'm passionate about because it's like, I don't know. I don't I don't know why. Do I sound like an idiot saying that?
0: No, I it's it's like I think I love this what I love talking to you because I feel like there there are all these things that fly around in our heads and that we want and that we intend and that we are doing, but I think it's important to to say it out loud. You know what I mean? Like I don't doubt like I don't walk around thinking like all white people are racist or all of them want to like disenfranchise other people so that they can maintain power in XYZ way. I don't think that I know that that's not true. And it's also helpful to hear it, you know, said out loud. It's just reassuring. It's empowering. It's comforting. It's it's something that's constructive. Right. So I don't know. I don't think you sound dumb at all. I feel like I sound dumb with half the stuff I say, but like, and I trust me, there's been so many things that I've said on like a panel or a speech or like a, I've said so many things where I walk away and I'm like, I need to go find a hole that I can sit in for the next year while I walk that one <laughs> off. Cause I know it didn't come out right. I know I said it wrong. And like, I was just really impassioned or ill-prepared or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is something weird. I don't know how anyone's going to take that. But it needs to be said, though, and I think that like us being awkward and weird and clunky out loud is appropriate and it's fine. I appreciate it. I can give I don't expect any person, you know, black, white asian or other to get it perfect i think there's just a lot of grace that needs to be given because i damn sure no people gave me some grace because i said some stupid oh, stuff same and so you but, know what i mean like in this whole effort to be better people that i think that's a key thing like but so. it is i
1: mean it is hard because it's like there's context is necessary yeah. and also nuance is necessary and like in some instances the benefit of the doubt like you're saying grace is also a great place <laughs> you know because it's like if you feel if if I felt unsafe around my friends and I didn't feel like I could ask them questions about my behavior and whether or not it was problematic I probably wouldn't ask you know what I mean Like, right. but I have friends who created a space for me to be able to be like that was wrong wasn't it and they're like yeah that wasn't a good look and I'm like oh like it's like <laughs> you know what I mean but they but they're like also we're not Like worried about you you you're always trying to like do better but that doesn't just because I'm I am doesn't mean I don't have like massive blind spots where yeah things aren't okay you know what I mean I don't know but
0: yeah uh, I'm with you and I I love that you can acknowledge that because I think that's honestly being able to say that out loud or know that about yourself is truly setting an example because I need reminders all the time and know it like again the whole getting older thing is just a massive humbling experience of like I'm a dumbass
1: (laughs) yeah like why did I think that was okay yeah oh
0: god Um, which is like you know, it's a, it's a progress. We're constantly doing progress reports. Right. And so I don't know if, if anybody's listening to this and if I ever offended you, I am very sorry. And if, you know, I will if do my did, best not just to email do. me, <laughs> but well, also to give encouragement to you, Sarah, and also to myself, like we have to give ourselves some space to be like, we're figuring it out. And I think being very, um, earnest about like our intentions of like I'm really just trying to be better I'm not going to be perfect I think that's the best we can do honestly and that's what I would say to you and anybody else that I care about and even don't like personally know or care about it's the truth it's like no this is no one's got it all figured out no one is the perfect walking wokeness of like
1: no you know you have to you have to be okay being fallible and you have to be okay realizing that you know, you've, you've made some mistakes and that you're going to continue to make mistakes. Like it's, there's so many ways to unpack all of this and to, to try to get better about it. Um, and I don't know. I just, all I can do is like, I get not all I can do, but it's such a, you know, also that's a loaded statement, but like, it's, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, I just want to try to be better all the time, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I don't know that I always nail it. I got (laughs) to It's so, but I, I want to create like space for my friends to be able to ask me stuff about, the, you know, like ask me about different things and not feel like it's offensive to ask me about that or whatever else. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate when my friends do it in return. I mean, like the reason, <laughs> the reason we started, I think having this conversation in the first place was I was watching a TV show and the actor had an incredibly strong accent that I was like I'm not sure I'm okay with this uh-huh. <laughs> is this offensive <laughs> like what is happening right now is this this is not okay yeah and I like reached out to him and was like I mean I know we don't normally talk about this kind of stuff but because I've seen your content like this this is a thing right and you were like totally and I was like okay
0: <laughs> I love that you asked me. I was like this is so out of the blue but I am loving this conversation which is you know let us hear and hopefully you know as we're wrapping up the because I could talk to you for a trillion yeah, hours yeah. and and have the best time and hopefully you will come back and we can share more as we continue to learn and evolve um you know there I have it's not to to garner some kind of like praise for this it's just uh, being very transparent of like I'm I'm scared of half the stuff I say on my podcast because I grew up in a very conservative Korean house where like the implied culture is do not do not speak the truth like there's a lot of um programming that I've had of like don't don't say what you really think out loud (laughs) like why would you do that and it's like a betrayal sometimes to like say what you really think some people take it really badly when like I say what I honestly think about family members or friends like they they too have been programmed to be like she said what you know so there's But my intention behind this and having awkward, clunky conversations with awesome people on air is to, I've heard others do it and it made me feel like, okay, then maybe I can do it too. And maybe we can all like put a little light into all of our little corners and hopefully learn something. Cause I've really benefited off of so many awesome podcasts and like YouTube videos and radio shows and whatnot of people who, who take that step. They're just like, yeah, I don't have it perfect, but we still got to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's the whole, the whole point of it. I just hope there's enough context of me out there.
0: (laughs) I will continue (laughs) to provide context. And also, well, I wanted to give you a chance there. If you want other people to like learn more about you and your work, do you want to like share your universe here where you can plug?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh I'm a makeup artist. I used to be active on Instagram. (laughs) I I have an Instagram. I'm at CoinMakeup. Um and that's pretty much like most of my handles. I used to do some tutorials. Um, but now I'm kind of just more gigging and working. And so if you have a project, yeah. Makeup artist, but um yeah, not a whole lot to plug right now, but I I I think there's gonna be some stuff in the works with creating some content. We'll see
0: awesome please do please do um because you're wildly talented and a wonderful human so i I am very enthusiastic about like helping anybody i i know is fabulous thrive that's the goal put out the good likewise likewise thank you well thank you so much sarah i'm really really glad we got to do this finally and i'm sending you good vibes and we're gonna we're gonna be okay. This year is probably gonna still be a little bit of a shit show, but we'll be okay. It's gonna be a total shit show. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll survive. We'll be okay. Um, <laughs> but thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode of First of All. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and thank you to Sarah for being such an amazing guest and being so open and vulnerable about a lot of hard things that we're all dealing with in 2021 moving forward. Um, we are growing, so please be kind to yourself. Please be kind to others and let's give credit where credit's due and encourage each other to like just be open to change and have more of these talks. Please follow Sarah's work at Koi Makeup on Instagram and KoiMakeup.com. Honestly, there's a lot of inspiring stuff there that's not just like how to be pretty because like, go on with your bad self. Go be pretty. I'm talking to everyone, okay? Or not gender specific in any manner. Go be pretty. Use whatever you can to feel your best self. I think makeup's great. But also, she does some great artistic stuff which is just character work and like I think I used one of her photos as like inspiration when i did my maleficent costume for halloween anyway art is great sarah is great i just appreciate her and her work go follow her if you want to collaborate with her hit her up it's awesome And uh, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. If you'd like to support, first of all, again, please leave a five-star review and subscribe on Spotify at Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, everywhere else, all the other platforms you can find me. And do share it with a friend if you feel like they would get something good out of this and can drive more conversations for us to become better people. And I want to thank Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you, Mar, for helping me keep the show going thank you to juliana for being an amazing co-producer honestly of this podcast and she's been so fantastic i'm so glad to have you on the team and thank you so much to my patreon patrons for keeping the microphone and the wi-fi on i love you guys so much and i'm putting every all the energy and the resources that you support me with back into this podcast so we can keep creating great content so you can follow me. Uh, you can go to my website, First of All pod.com. You can follow me on Instagram at First of All Pod. My personal page is at Minjeezy. Different content, different places, but all to feed into giving you guys something fun and meaningful and you know helpful <laughs> on all the spaces. I'm also on TikTok. Find me at Minjeezy. I'm also now on Clubhouse. I still haven't figured that out, but I'll get there and uh yeah all the platforms all of them will be connected and i really appreciate it really appreciate all the support donations the amazon wish list y'all are amazing so much generosity and i'll put it right back here thank you to uzuhan for use of his song uzu trap for the intro and thank you to run river north for use of their song pretty lies for the outro freaking love you guys you're amazing And keep your eyes and ears open because I want to be sharing more content from other creative artist friends of mine as we move along. That's it for this week's episode. Oh, also, I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. So please go check out that collective of other awesome Asian-American podcasters and storytellers. Um, But yeah, that's really it. I love all of you guys. Have a fantastic week. I will talk to you soon. And yeah, we'll share more stories. Bye.